The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to take a look at the market happening. Some interesting things that have been going on within the market trade as we get comments coming from Arlen Suderman today. Of course, he is with FC Stone. We look at the markets. Let's look pre-11 o'clock to start there. You said it was kind of an interesting type of market trade before that 11 o'clock hour hit. Well, we started off the day on a positive note, and uh, I, I got a question from a reporter: Why the big jump in soybean prices and corn? And and I said, consider that you're in the shoes of a hedge fund manager, and you have significantly significant size of short or sold positions in the market. We're going into the meeting this weekend, the G20 meeting, where President Trump and President Xi of China will sit down to dinner to talk trade. Now, the rhetoric going into that meeting really doesn't seem to suggest we're on the cusp of getting a deal, but surprises happen. And what if over the weekend, while the markets are closed and you have big short positions, we get a surprise tweet or headline saying that a deal has been reached what happens to the value of your positions and so just from a human nature standpoint knowing that the risks may not be considered high but the impact if you are wrong in holding that short position or be significant what are you going to do you're probably going to want to cover some of those short positions so that's what we saw the day start off with is uh, kind of exiting some of those short positions, unwinding some of them, and uh, soybeans in particular would be considered to be the most vulnerable to a correction rally if we were to get a trade deal or something along that line. So that's where we saw the biggest bump. Now, let's put into context also what's been happening in the soybean market. For the past several months, they've been trading in a confined wedge formation on the charts. What that means is it's been going up and down sideways, and the highs are getting progressively lower than the previous highs, and the lows progressively higher than the previous lows. So we're forming a tightening corkscrew formation or wedge formation on the charts. That typically... Uh, precedes a major move in the market, but the direction is yet to be determined. The direction likely be determined by whether we get a trade agreement with China or not. Well, in the lack of any real news, what we've been seeing is the funds, they, they don't make money in the stagnant market, so they've been pushing the price back and forth within that corkscrew, within that wedge. And we've seen them touch both the bottom and the top now this week. And uh, so that had been happening anyway, and today was another their update going toward the top of that wedge. Fundamentally, it was kind of tied toward lessening some of the risk exposure for those hedge funds that had big short positions in the market ahead of this weekend's G20 meeting. And that has impact on corn prices as well. You know, it just amazes me how much, and you and I talked about this before we started the final bell, was how much money flow affects the way these grains are trading. I think more than what we've seen you know, in the last year and a half for, for demand and pressure. Very much so, and today was a great example of that. At at 11 o'clock Central Time today, actually 11.01, we saw a big surge in money flow 
excuse me, to the equities and to the commodities. And it was broad-based. Nearly every market I looked at was impacted at the same time. What happened then? Well, Fed Chair Jerome Powell, well, let me give a little bit of background. We've been dealing with a wall of worry across the market spectrum. The commodities, the equities. Um, the, the U.S. economy has been strong outside of the housing sector. It's been doing well, um, easing back a little bit from its robust growth. We saw earlier in the fall but doing pretty well. But traders have been worried about the future, worried about the world economy, what that might do. And so I've been saying there's two things that might change that sentiment and that wall of worry, start breaking down that wall of worry. One would be if the Fed would take a more dovish stance because Wall Street is worried they may hurt the economy economy with their monetary tightening right now in this environment. And the other would be if we would get a move toward a trade deal this weekend. Well, we felt like we might get a hint um, today when Fed Chair Jerome Powell was going to speak before the Economic Club in New York at noon Eastern time. So it would be 11 o'clock our time. He released his statement to the press as he went in to speak. So at 11 o'clock, they reporters got a copy of that, posted this speech. It was interpreted to be more dovish in nature. And so immediately money started flowing into the stock market, started flowing into the commodities. Uh, soybean prices are re-energized. Corn prices re-energized. Uh, wheat prices just about across the board. Crude oil prices rally. They later fell once again. Uh, the dollar fell sharply, which is good for the commodities as well. So it impacted all these markets all at once, thinking, okay, the threat from the Fed may be pulling back. That was step one. Now what do we get from the G20 meeting this weekend? So much stuff is getting thrown at these grain markets. I'm sure from from just trying to hedge and figure out where, what your next step is going to be really comes moment by moment. It, it really does. And when you see all these markets move instantaneously together, you start to see the tie with the money flow. That it, The fundamentals of supply and demand really didn't change from yesterday to today or the day before. But the perception among hedge fund managers did change, and that changes how they buy or sell these markets and impact day-to-day price movement, and that's what we're seeing. Money flow is still a factor in in determining how the market's going to manage supply and demand. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. We'll talk more on this G20 summit and, of course, all the other factors within our grain complex as well as what's going on in the livestock side of the trade. If you get a chance before we head to commercial break, encourage you to jump on Twitter. And, of course, Arlen will talk about this more coming up. But his Twitter page has got some great charts if you want to take a look at what's been happening within these markets as well. Arlen Suderman joins us. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, being joined by Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. You know, before we even started the first segment, you had brought up and we were talking about the G20 Summit and how much excitement Twitter has had. And I jokingly said, yeah, King so-and-so has just showed up. Prince so-and-so has showed up. A president from this country. There's a lot of focus on what this report or this meeting is going to be like this weekend. 
It really is. In G20, it'd be leaders from the kind of the top 20 or so economies around the world uh, meeting together to talk about various issues. And trade is expected to be a big issue discussed here and specifically uh, reforming uh, the World Trade Organization or whether it should be reformed, etc. Um, but all the attention is really on a dinner meeting that uh, President Trump and China's President Xi are scheduled to have on Friday evening on the sideline of this event. And it's really hoped by many in, in the markets that at that dinner meeting that the two will come to some agreement, at least the to form a framework for an agreement on trade so that we can end the trade war that's going on currently between the two countries. Whether that'll happen or not is the big debate in the markets. The rhetoric is really heated up of late. President Trump has indicated that um, he doesn't plan on backing down from his plans of putting tariffs on another $267 billion worth of goods coming from China so that virtually everything will then have a tariff against it. By the way, that kind of matches what China's been doing for everything coming into China uh, for years. Um, but uh, putting a tariff on basically of 10%. Um, and also he talked about uh, come January taking tariffs on a previous package of $200 billion in goods and moving that up to 25% from 10% currently to ratchet up the heat on China a little bit more. He's really pushing to try to get a trade deal, putting the heat on President Xi. Um, and, and really putting his cards on the table saying, look, this is what's going to happen if we don't have a trade deal is tariff-free trade with no trade restrictions. Now, are you going to go that way? If not, this is what's going to happen. So the ball's now in President C's court. Will he move in the direction needed for a trade deal or will he not? And uh, the rhetoric so far has, has not been promising. Um, there's really three lines of thinking um, going into this or three scenarios that we could expect to come out of this weekend. One would be, excuse me? No, go ahead. Yeah, one would be that uh, the economic pressure on China is too great and and they need to do something so they'll give in this weekend and we'll get a trade deal. Um, and I, I don't expect us to go that direction because I think the stakes are too high for China and trying to reach economic and military superiority in the world. The second is that President Trump wants some type of a deal before the uh, before his third year of term in office, because that's when his reelection campaign starts. So he'd like to claim victory, get some type of trade deal in the books, and move forward. I don't expect that to be the case either, because his popularity ratings are going up, and he has the backing of Democratic leaders um, to hold tight on on the China issue, both in the House and the Senate. In fact, Senate Democratic leaders sent him a letter this week encouraging him to hold the line on on China. The third possibility is the two dig in their heels for a long protracted trade war. That's what I'm leaning toward at this point. Um, I think the pressure will eventually increase enough that China will yield. They may not abide by the agreement, but they will give in to try to ease the pressure off of them. But I do not expect agreement this weekend. Um, But 
hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully there will be an agreement. Well, speaking of agreements, USMCA, they both Mexico and Canada said they're going to sign it. Now it sits in the hands of, of those in Washington. Do you think it puts a little bit of pressure on those on the Hill to get this done? Well, I, I, I think there's... I don't think the Democratic leaders taking over the House really want to be said blocking this remake of the NAFTA, and I don't think Republicans want to either. So I do expect it to go through, and and that's a problem for China because this agreement starts to tighten the noose and isolate China a little bit more, and that's what President Trump's working toward in his uh, trade agreements with uh, Japan and with Europe as well, isolating China. to put more pressure on them. So um, this just kind of continues to work to the United States' advantage in this trade war. Quickly, before we wrap up, cattle market, are they going to see some additional directions start to pick up as we wrap up this week? Uh, that's the general thinking. I think right now the many are thinking or hoping that we'll get something in the way of 118, 119 on a dress basis uh, in the cash cattle market this week. Perfect. What's the best way for our producers to reach you, Arlen? INTLFCStone.com or at Twitter at twitter.com slash ArlenFF101. Check it out. Some great charts and information throughout the trading day. That is a look at your Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.